What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What is happening, Kyle? How are you doing, bro? Hey, happy Wednesday afternoon to you as we are recording this. We are, yeah. we are almost through yet another week. But not uh, to confuse you, COVID. because today is probably Friday for you, or perhaps Saturday, <laughs> maybe Sunday. It depends on, you know, if you procrastinate, if you wait to get the, uh, the awesome goodness into your ear holes that is not another Baptist podcast. It might be Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, but we're recording this on Wednesday for Friday and another week of COVID-19, baby. Uh, or I guess month. Every week is like a month, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we've had we've had a we, we've had we've had a month of years. It seems like right <laughs> since March. So it is. And, uh, yeah. and though we've talked about this a little bit, though our churches are demographically almost the the same, and normal attendance is pretty pretty close. A few more up here. Uh, we have seen a. Uh, attendance increase and how how are y'all are y'all bouncing back slowly slowly yeah yeah so so we're still on average we're about half of where we were pre-covid but um we're seeing new or uh, not new faces we're seeing returning faces first time returning faces uh almost every sunday there's somebody that that kind of ventures in that we haven't seen since march um So yeah, it's been uh, it's been really interesting. You know, waking up every Sunday, going, okay, who are we going to see today? <laughs> um, and and what's funny from from my vantage point, you know, so when when I got here in 2016, we were running around 60 or so, um, and and we're back to that. We were up to in between like 100 to 120 before March, and then uh, when we came back in May, it's it's been pretty uh, pretty consistently between 50 and 60 people. So well, you've had some <laughs> yeah. after four years you haven't gone down that's okay yeah, right yeah that's right that's right so <laughs> yeah it's uh and and you know it's uh, what's gonna be really interesting is when it comes to filling out acp data how we factor all this in um i know i know you you know when you came back you didn't really miss a beat but for for most of the pastors i've talked to uh we're running consistently half and so yeah. You know what is what is that going to do to our uh, to our ACP data, and how will we how are we going to account for all that in in yeah. these wild months? So it's going to be interesting well, what, to see. What what are we going to do with Major League Baseball, and then let's do that. We'll <laughs> just put an asterisk by. It. Just put an asterisk. Yeah, it, yeah, we'll have to. Right. This is a season unlike any other. Um, yeah. You know where where the Cardinals are going to wind up playing uh, something like seven double headers in the month of September. Uh, just, I mean, which, yeah, that's which, what you I mean, get. Go out gambling, that's what you get. <laughs> then have but, consequences. Unless but, you're but I'm thinking, you, you know, we, we have a couple of, uh, a couple of big Cardinals fans in, in one Bart Barber and then, um, Bob Bickford, uh, is, is a big Cardinals fan. And so I'm going, man, if I'm a Cardinals fan, September's going to be awesome. 
because there is going to yeah. be baseball on all the time. And uh, that'd be great. So well, what's been awesome for me is, well, well, not so awesome because I get up at 2.30 in the morning, is these 7 o'clock games. Yeah, I'm all like, good. You know, it'll be after family time, so it's not cutting into that. You know, we'll be able to have a normal dinner, you know, hang out, play some games, and then I go out and watch the game, and uh, and I don't have to think twice. Uh, the problem is the Astros have a propensity to go to extra innings right now, and we don't do very well in the extra innings. And so I'm usually having a blast. It's like, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, a bad day of baseball is still better than a good day in the office or whatever you say. You know, we've said that. That's that's okay for nine innings. But when when I am fully invested and we're going into 11, 12, you better win or or I will briefly lose my salvation. <laughs> and, uh, but but this week, though, we've had some close games, which that's right now we need to put up about 20 runs to have any hope with our rookie bullpen. Uh, but here recently, it's been like, Two one going into like the ninth, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> here we go. But uh, but still, well, it's been great. I go yeah, to bed and- you know, at eleven or twelve. I wake <laughs> up and it it's absolutely terrible. And then I, I usually get to put on like the Ranger game uh, while I'm working on some you know sermon prep or whatever. Uh, I like to watch the Toronto Blue Jays because it's like every famous major league uh superstar son is on the team so that's a lot of fun and uh i watched them i watched vladimir guerrero jr or whatever who's like 800 pounds he's like a, a dreadlocked prince fielder and uh so i get to watch them and uh, then usually i'll take a a, a pretty hefty nap especially if there's going to be another seven o'clock game but we're making it uh astros are ahead of the rangers as of right now so this is good news for the podcast but this is not what we're talking about today well well i was just Uh, gonna say you're you're talking about your your extra innings real quick the rangers have not had a single extra innings game so far this season and and you're right the struggle is real because uh both of our both of our favorite teams are in the central time zone but unless this season unless they're playing each other they don't have a game or, or, or if they're on the road Unless they're playing each other, they don't have a game in the central time zone. And uh, so, yeah, lots of uh, 7 o'clock starts, uh, a couple of 8 o'clock starts for us. It's, it's some late nights. But, you know, early on, I told Michelle, there was, there was one game I was, I was getting disgusted and ready to turn it off. And, and Michelle looked at me and she goes, really? She said, you, you know, like, this season could end at any point, right? Like, like they could have a breakout and, uh, and, and that's it. So I went, you're right. So, so bad baseball or whatever, um, I'll stay up yeah. and I'll watch it all. And um, yeah. I did go to bed when the Rangers were down uh, 11 to three. And then Fernando Tatis Jr. hits a grand slam. I called it a night. It was, it was, it was 15 to three at that point. And I went, I think this game's over. Briefly, <laughs> <So. laughs> This isn't what we're talking about today. So right. listeners, sorry if you hate baseball, but I... I want to challenge the notion of that being an un- unwritten rule. I mean, I can't challenge that it's an un- unwritten rule. We heard your, your coach gripe and moan about it. But why on earth is, is that a no-no? Like, think about it. So, if, if, well, that guy gets a strike, if that guy gets a strike, right, what's that pitcher going to do? Is he going to throw another one right down the middle? No, he's not. Yeah. He's right. going to try and get it out, right? So, hey, I'm going to call an audible on this episode. This is, this is fun. We'll, we'll save what we were going to do next, what we were going to do for the next episode. But, but you brought up the, the, uh, 
the, the unwritten rules. And so this, this is, is be fun. This would be, be fun to talk about. But no, but 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 you touched on an interesting topic that I think would be really handy, and that is unwritten rules in church revitalization. Okay. All right. So so in, in the meantime, you talked about unwritten rules in baseball. Um in the movie 42, um no. Branch Rickey played, ever, by the way. Do it. One of the best ever, by the way. Yes, yes. If you haven't seen it, go rent it. It's fantastic. Look at uh, Jackie Robinson's break into the in the major leagues. And so in the movie 42, Branch Rickey, played incredibly by Harrison Ford, um, explains his plan to, to bring a black player to the major leagues. And he, he gets some pushback from, from his guys. And, and one of the statements he makes is, he says, there is no rule against, I'm not breaking a rule, not breaking any law. And one of the guys pipes up and says, no, but there's a code. He said, you break a rule or you break a law and people will applaud you, you'll be remembered, uh, but you break a code and it's a completely different story. So baseball is known for its code, its unwritten rules. Um, you don't steal a you don't steal a base when you're up by twelve runs. You right. don't bunt to break up a no hitter or a perfect game. <laughs> I would totally um, be that. <laughs> you don't. So so th- there was the, so the the whole scenario that we're talking about here. Uh, Padres were up uh, eleven to three late in the ball game. It was like the eighth inning, and Fernando Tatis Jr. another another son of a, of a, of a major leaguer who we watched. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. comes up, has a 3-0 count with the bases loaded. Three balls, no strikes with the bases loaded. It's generally accepted that in that spot, you take the 3-0 pitch, right? So, I mean, I mean 3-0, bases loaded, the, the pitcher is not going to He's not going to go with a junk pitch. He's going to throw a fastball, and it's probably going to be right down the middle of the plate. The game is not on the line. But the unwritten rule, the code says you take that pitch. And then the other unwritten rule is that you don't show up the pitcher, right? You, you don't, at least and 20 years ago, you didn't see guys flipping the bats. Uh, you didn't see them really admiring their, their home run shots. You, they, they, they took a swing. Like, you go back and watch the, the home run race with the, uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, th- th- those guys didn't watch their home runs. I mean, for the most part, they hit home runs, and they, when, when they hit them, they started running. Um, now you have so, – so unwritten rules, right? So, so the reason that's a big deal is just it's, it's a part of respect for the game. Now, that's being challenged. Why are these, these unwritten rules are stupid? Uh, if you do that and you, you, you know, taunt your, flaunt your home run, the next guy is going to get it in the back, and they missed. They, they threw it right behind Manny Machado. Pitcher's been suspended, Rangers, managers been suspended. So all that to say, you, you break unwritten rules and there are consequences in baseball. And that is usually you or another teammate are going to get a ball in your back. Behind, yeah. Yes, somewhere in there. But there are also unwritten rules in ministry, right? There are unwritten rules in, uh, certainly in church revitalization, where it's not you're probably not breaking. I hope you're not breaking any laws. You're not breaking any set rules. In fact, you may be trying to do something that's that's biblical, but there are unwritten rules that, that if you break them, it can go very poorly for you. So, Matt, 
let's talk about some of those unwritten rules. What are some of those? Removing the flags from the sanctuary. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, moving the senior adult ladies Bible study room. Yep. Yep. Um, Reg- I've done both of those, by the way. <laughs> At some point in my ministry, I've done both of those things. Um, um, drinks in the sanctuary. Those, sometimes those rules are written, but not having drinks <laughs> in the sanctuary. Like uh, I, I've been in a church that uh, had no sign or whatever on it. And, but if you came in with coffee or you came in with a snack or water or anything, uh, you you might be approached by somebody to put it away. Yeah, so here's here's one. Don't sit in Miss Mildred's spot, right? Or or in um, oh I can't think of this guy's name. It was a uh, he was a retired optometrist from when I was a when I was a kid, and by, by the time I knew him, he was like in his nineties. But First Baptist Church Tahoka has a sanctuary that seats probably two hundred people. We were running maybe 100, 150. I mean, there was, so it was, it was kind of full, but there was space. Um, there was a first-time visitor who accidentally sat in this guy's spot. And, and I kid you not, he walked up and he asked them to move. He walked up, he said, this is my pew. Uh, please move. First-time visitors walked up and said, please, please move. Well, I think we've talked about this on the show. My, my dad has done that a number of times. Uh, in <laughs> Technically, there there was a reason for it. So this was back when First Baptist Grand Prairie was in their old location in downtown Grand Prairie, and we had a balcony. You know, the sanctuary probably I don't know maybe sat a thousand. Uh, we were running about five hundred, but my dad chose to sit up at the top, and he would sit in the first seat to you know closest to the exit because he was quote unquote security. This was before we're talking like guns and all that kind of stuff. His job was to go and lock up the buildings that were used for Sunday school that obviously aren't used anymore. And so everybody's out by about midway through the service. So he skipped out during the, uh, the offering and would go take the offering as it comes back. And he would take it in, you know, to their finance room. And then he would go and lock up all the uh, doors. So his reasoning was he didn't want to walk in front of anybody or anything like that. Uh, but there was also probably up in the balcony, about 300 open seats. So there were other options for him, uh, but he was still going to ask. If somebody came in there, uh, he, he would ask them to scoot over a couple of seats. So, yeah, my dad's guilty of that. So You know, and we make fun of people who, who kind of get set in their, in their seats and, and have their, their spots. Um, but it's funny, as, as a pastor, how adjusted we get to that, where people sit. And so I've had, you know, I've had a couple of times where for some reason, you know, somebody will have a friend visit or something like that. And they'll like move from one side of the sanctuary to the other. And, and it's amazing how much that throws me off to look in their spot and them not be there to be on the other side of the, of the sanctuary. Um, let's see. Here, here's, another one. here's another one that maybe we, it, it depends on your church. But what's been funny for me is when I was a music minister, I saw this a lot more is when I, I was I was the guy that always did all three or all four or all five verses. Um, unless it just didn't make any sense, but they usually did. You know, it's like, why would you sing some of those that walk through like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but because we always skip number two, we skip Jesus. So it's like, that never made sense to me. And that writer has written this usually for a full packaged gospel song. You know, typically the ones we would choose would be 
a well-orbed kind of gospel redemption song. And But I would have comments like, why are we singing verse 3? Like that was just so unknown to them um, that, that that was maybe, I don't know if, if your church is like that or other churches that are listening in, but it was like a surprise. Like, whoa, we did number three. And then I also could tell because people belted out verses one, verses two. And then it was like, where are you at? Verse three. And then verse four, they came back strong. So, but yeah. What else you so, got? Um, yeah, you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned moving the, uh, the senior adult ladies. That's a, that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> hosting a youth event in the parlor. That, that might be a, that, that's a <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that before. Cause I didn't know what a parlor was. That's right. We talked about Jonathan yeah. Howe on at that point. Yeah. Um, here's, here's another one, uh, movies in the sanctuary. Hmm. Hmm. Have you run into yeah. that? Uh, you know, I've never, I've never had an issue with that. Um, no, I not, I know some guys that have, but personally, I've yeah. never, never run into an issue with that. Um, um, I got yeah. one. Okay. Fun. Uh, we, we had ice on the ground, a little bit of snow. It was my first year here. We didn't really have snow that year, but we had a, a big kind of ice layer. And I had not found my rivet shoes. These are shoes that I have drilled some rivets in the bottom uh, for traction in snow and ice. I couldn't find them anywhere. And so I wasn't going to run and slide, especially down our hill. So I decided I was going to go to the church and I would run my, you know, I just, I have a mile streak that's going back to December 28th, 2012, I believe. So I have this streak that I have to keep. I feel like I can't do it outside. So I thought I'm going to do it inside. Now we have a gym, but it's not a regulation gym. So running, you know, a hundred laps in there did not sound too fun. So I, I set my, my watch, I started going and I ran this loop in the, uh, the, throughout the whole building. I went all the way around the gym. I went through the Sunday school class up the stairs around all the hallways. And then I did a loop through the sanctuary and then back down. I did this, I think two and a half times and got a little over a mile. And about halfway through, you might remember this, I did like a selfie video as I'm running, and I'm in this sanctuary during part of this video, and I, I posted it, and it, you know, no, no, no harm done with that. I mean, there's nothing that I said on the video, but it was a fact that I was running literally in the sanctuary, in probably my shorty shorts, in uh, posting that online that was disrespecting the, uh, the sanctuary. So. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So there's there's um, a lot. Like when, I think there's a lot of unwritten rules when it comes to the sanctuary that probably change yeah. by the generation. Yeah. Well, just the, the just the church building in general. I would say there's a lot of unwritten rules. Um, one thing that we've both had experience with in uh, at different times in ministry is patriotic services. Right. We've talked about that before. Th- those are unwritten rules that you do that or you don't. Um, and as I know you discovered it, it, it at a church, as I discovered when I was a worship pastor, if you don't do those, even if you don't know about them, if you don't, <laughs> that, that can lead to <laughs> all kinds of all kinds of issues. Right. It's not and, No, no. I mean, I've, I, I greatly offended someone because we did not say not not here, not at a current church, but at, at, a, at a previous church where I was a worship pastor. I greatly offended somebody because we didn't sing God Bless America on July 4th. Sunday. And the fact that these are unwritten rules is what make these 
you know, especially church revitaliz- revitalization makes it a minefield. Because you go in, especially, you know, like the one you just shared with patriotic stuff, you can go in and sincerely have no idea. You might have asked all of the right questions or whatever, but maybe failed to ask that one and have no idea. Uh, Or you don't get a straight answer. Sometimes when this wasn't the case here, I didn't ask about it, but you might ask the search committee, are there any holidays that are very important or something like that? And you get not, you know, just, you know, Christmas and Easter. And then you get in and you find out that Veterans Day, you know, for the last 190 years, uh, they have brought in, you know, blank, you know, this four star general from whoever, you know, I don't know. You know, there's something that you find out once you were there and there's no way you can prepare for all of them. So let's say you have just broken the unwritten rule. You have hit that grand slam after the three balls have been thrown. You're up 15 miles. I mean, 15 runs. You know, so so in the case of the church revitalization thing, you've got the new logo going. You've got people being baptized. It's growing everything. You, you're ahead of the game. But suddenly you have crossed that and broken that unwritten rule. And now the members of your church have a ball in their hand. They're on the mound and they're ready to bean you in the bow hiding. How do you respond when you have broken the unwritten rule? Now, all of this might change depending upon what the rule is. Uh, but but what are your uh, your thoughts there, Kyle? Right. Well, I, I think this this actually does go back to what we talked about, uh, what we were originally going to talk about, and, and that is you love them. Um, yeah. you, you you love you love your people, and if you if you have to eat crow and apologize, you, you do so. Now, in, in the event of um, you know like an over the top patriotic service or something like that, you might have really sincerely held theological beliefs about why something is not appropriate. And in that case, uh, you, it doesn't change. You still love them, but, but you just have to be, I I would say, um, extremely diligent to show biblically why you believe what you believe. Right. Um, now if, you know, I I think we've both said before, you know, if, if it's something like, you know, having flags in the sanctuary or something like that, or, um, you know, hosting something or not hosting something in a church parlor. You just got to figure out what is the hill really to die on and a a hill to fight to defend and what's not. And most of the time, the unwritten rules, as silly as they can be, are not going to be hills to die on, right? Um, Especially not in your first couple of years of ministry. Now, what that could do, and I think what it often does, is it reveals areas where the church needs to grow. And, and areas where the church needs to change. But again, if you're talking, you know, replanting revitalization, you're talking a very long runway. And it may be three or four years before you're able to make that change. And so, and, you know, you just deal with it. Weeks, you, oh, over the last couple of weeks, you and I both know uh, some pastors that have given their, been given their pink slip. Yep. And, uh, and so that, that could very well happen. And uh, some of the ability to not get one of those is probably how you're going to navigate some of these unwritten rules. And right. So when, let's just say it's the flags, you know, you, you want to take the flags out or you already took them out and people are hot and bothered about it. And the next Sunday you decide, I'm going to show them exactly why we don't have the flags in there. I'm going to preach 10 reasons you don't have the flags in the sanctuary. And, uh, and we're going to go burn them outside the church. That's not what you do. <laughs> that, no. You know, that is the time no. to who, who are the movers and the shakers? Who are the ones that are genuinely upset 
or who are the ones that really don't have an opinion, but maybe they're kind of swayed uh, from, you know, the temperature of the room or whatever. You want to find the, the actual person, be able to just to sit down, have them in your office, sold in their house, have a cup of coffee with them and find out it, it because it probably has less to do with the flag uh, or the patriotic service or the third verse of the hymn and more to do with something else. And you can then find what is the, you know, you can move past the symptom to find out maybe what is the sickness and you might learn something about it in the first place that, you know, maybe the church had been founded by uh, some fallen uh, heroes from the American wars, you know, or something like that. I mean, you might find some kind of reason that it's there beyond just we've always done it that way. And so that is going to take where I've said before my my wrong interpretation that I could preach a church healthy. I thought if I came in and I preached faithfully week in and week out through books of the Bible, that over time I was going to preach that church healthy. Uh, That's important. And that's vitally important. But more than just your preaching is going to be what you're doing Monday through Saturday as well. And so you're living with people, you're, you're dining with people, you have them in your house, you're going to work with them, you're checking on them, you're calling them, you're texting them, you're emailing them, you're all of that. And over time, they may buy into your perspective on a situation because, again, you, every person listening in has perhaps heard at one point or another, we were here before you. And we'll be here after you. And depending upon the age, that's probably true. Um, and that's because we haven't always done a, a good job at, at staying uh, and persevering through the end. And so whatever that unwritten rule is, when you get ready to take that, you know, that ball to the backside, as we saw with Tatis, he ultimately owned it, said, I'm sorry. You know, even his coach owned it, said, we're sorry. You know, all of that kind of stuff. You say, hey. I'm sorry that this offended you in the way that it did. This is why I feel this is important, uh, but I want to hear from you and begin to develop that over the years. That's not the time to get prideful and say, this is why you're wrong, and then preach this 10-part series on, on why patriotism is the devil, whatever. You know, that's not the time for that. It's a time to just eat it and then lead them through with patience over time, and then you'll be able to see those changes need to be made in your church. Then you will be able to watch 42 in the sanctuary uh, with popcorn and Dr. Pepper. Maybe not. I, I can't remember I, 42 needs to be in the church. I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure that's the point. But yeah, <laughs> what you're getting at. Um, so, you know, in, in, your, um, in your article, in, when you talked about, you know, how we're called to love those that agree with us, those that maybe fight against us, um, First Thessalonians 5.14, the last part of that says, be patient with everyone, right? Yeah. So be patient with everyone. And yeah, when you've, when you've broken an unwritten rule, you know, Fernando Tatis is probably at some point going to take a ball to the, to the hip. You, you, t- you know, you, you, you say you're sorry, you take it, you go to first base, and you get on with the game. And uh, so, like I said, you know, you, you apologize, you try to make amends as much as possible. And, and this is why... A lot of times, like for, for the first year or so in a church, you know, when, when it comes up to those like patriotic holidays and stuff, it's probably a really good idea to ask, um, like, you know, your worship leader or, or someone, hey, what has typically been done? Um, and maybe even, you know, you just kind of sit back on some of those and, and watch and see what the church does. And so, you know, walk, walk through your, your uh, 
sanctuary on a Sunday morning and see how people, where people sit, learn those kind of sacred spaces that, that are untouchable. So that at least you don't unintentionally um, offend someone. And that, that would go a long way in, in this as well. Um, you're not going to do everything you know, perfect. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to step in the mud sometimes. And yep. when you do, you know, you apologize and move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, look, look for next week. I think we need to dive into that. Uh, Thomas and Judas, uh, yeah. loving, loving your doubter, loving your betrayer. Uh, because when it comes to church revitalization, it is easy to just lash on to those that just love everything you're doing and are nothing but encouragement and all that. And you need that. Uh, but you also have those that are on the fence trying to figure out if you're our guy or not, you know, maybe they doubt a little bit. These are kind of your Thomases. And of course you've got those that are Judas, uh, that they're just waiting for you to mess up and they're going to stick that knife as hard as they can in your back. Um, yet we're called to love all of them. And, uh, and as you just read from, from Thessalonians, we need to be patient with everyone, uh, especially the, you know, the, the Jameses, the Johnses, you know, all of that, your, your Thomases, I can't say all these words that are now in plural, uh, but you get the idea. So we're going to dive into that next week, uh, but we hope this has been helpful. Uh, we kind of called an audible, uh, mid midstream here, pulled in a pinch, uh, pinch, uh, topic, uh, on the base pass. And uh, so we hope it was helpful. So if you step into that unwritten rule and you mess up, own it, apologize, stand for truth, but stand for truth with humility uh, and, and play the long game here. And uh, so until next time, Kyle, how, how do our people need to, to go about their business? Well, they need to, um, first of all, if, if you're looking to um, lead your people well, let me, let me recommend a new resource, and that is they devoted themselves my new book, you can find it on amazon.com. It's, it's, a, it's a discipleship uh, plan looking at the first church. Book, be honest. Yes, th- it's a discipleship. It's, 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 a, it's a plan to help disciple your church by looking at the first century church. And I then... Don't think, I don't think you heard me. I said it's a discipleship coloring book. Oh, no, you cut out on that part for me. Ah, <laughs> ah. There are icons. I guess you could color those in. Yeah, oh, you could like the little cross in the hands and order, man. You <laughs> grab a coloring book, grab your map pencils, and uh, and as you read it, then you know, however the Lord leads you, color around those little icons. Yeah, make there them you go. There you go. And then send a picture and, to cop. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. And don't swing at 3-0 pitches when you're up by 12 runs. Yes, do it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?